0: He's it, man! Whoa, oh, I can't believe it, Jordan C. No. Yeah. He's got to give him out, and then he's rubbed his nose. Rusted, that dicky nose. Yeah. What about to McCullum? Shane might be trying to shake the sweep one after that first. Might try and slide one in there. Fast. Yeah. Well, you we caught it. It's out. Let's run out. Let's come off Sam's head on no, this no, no, guy. You'll never see that again. Yeah, you think you've seen it all, don't you? Hello
1: and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. We are back for the first edition of our Big Bash Supercoach pre-season content. It's our first podcast of the year. We've punched out a few articles to start the pre-season, following on from a successful NRL season. Uh, It's Melbourne Cup Day, so unbelievably, the boys have gathered together. We're off the beers. We're behaving. I feel a little bit unpatriotic doing it on Cup Day. Uh, Had an absolute stinker on the Cup like a lot of people by the sounds of it. Hope there's a few winners out there. Joining us for the first podcast of the season, coming off a strong season again last year and a massive, I think it was 91st place finish in NRL Supercoach, is the Supercoach Spice. Spy. how are you, mate? And how'd you go in the cup?
2: To me, Maxi, how are you, boys? Um, it was an interesting run in the cup. I had first, second and fourth trifecta. No, yeah, that's right. And I thought, yup, you Peter, know, I've got this. But your boy, Spanish, run through and took me out. So no good, but I did have $7.00. Sneaky bonus bet on very elegant, so that sort of squared things up for me. So I can't be too, too filthy about things, but. It's been that weird sort of period, hasn't it, between footy and cricket season, the one we all dread, but luckily there's been some horses on, uh, a bit of Premier League, NBA. There's always some sort of sport to get us by, but, yeah, bring on the cricket act.
1: Mm, The Spy's got a fancy team in just about every code and every sport across the world you can imagine, so he's found time to do it. Um, The Spy did have a bet on just about every horse in the Melbourne Cup today and loaded on the $2.80 favourite, so don't get sucked into thinking he's a good punter. Joining us also today is the newest contributor to the SC Playbook podcast, uh blake knows his cricket inside out like the back of his hand he's a cricket commentator for cricket australia played a bit himself he's a super coach gun uh the more I talk about it probably the less i think he's uh, he's very overqualified for this podcast it's maxi bryant how are you mate
0: i'm good thanks thanks tim g'day spy uh absolute pleasure to be here um i can't wait to get stuck into another year of uh bbl
1: Maxie, uh, I said first time on the podcast. You've already delivered a bit of ripping predicted teams content for the website. Tell us a bit about yourself, bit of a bit of a background for the listeners today, your supercoach background, your cricketing background. Uh, pretty busy within the industry, mate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'm a cricket enough from, from way back. Um, my ability didn't necessarily translate too well out on the field. I was that six foot seven bloke bowling off spin, um, much to the dismay of my captain most of the time. But um, managed to watch enough and um, actually end up getting a job uh, in professional cricket uh, around 2015. And now, uh, since then, have actually spun that into a bit of a commentary gig. So, domestic cricket, um, definitely a bit of a passion point for me. Love watching uh, any games that are on the stream on KO. And, and lucky enough to have called Shield Cricket, called WBBL, One Day Cup, uh, a lot of matches as well for the Australian team, right around the country. So, absolutely love it. When it comes to uh, fantasy, uh, particularly Supercoach, this is something that's a bit of a new passion for me. Uh, Definitely always been around the BBL SC game, a couple of top 350 finishes. Always a crazy, crazy game trying to match up all the doubles and all of those treats and and actually gave NRL uh, Supercoach a crack this year for the first time and managed to jag myself a key ring finishing in the top 1K. So I was pretty stoked with that and um, really, really looking forward to this summer, this season, and hopefully helping out a few of your listeners.
1: Nice, mate. Very excited to have you on board. As I said, you're going to bring a wealth of knowledge to the uh, the SC Playbook podcast and the content uh, as we line up our teams for the round one and throughout the season. Um, Spire, mate.
2: Yeah, quick quick question for Maxi. Two two ones, mate. First of all, any relation to the Brisbane Heat opening batsman namesake, <laughs> Maxie Bryant? And second question would be on the spot here. But do you have an all time favourite
0: cricketer by chance? Yeah, good question, Spy. No relation to to Max Bryant, unfortunately. My last name is Bryden, but um, it is definitely one of those ones that once it gets stuck in your head, um, fellow commentators and, and other people will, will always confuse the pair. Um, I do wish I could hit a cricket ball like him, though, because he yeah. is pretty clean. Um, I'm thinking all-time favorite cricketers. I mean, there's so many, but I think I was a kid who grew up um, idolizing that team in the 90s, and I reckon Michael Bevan, uh, absolute superstar, Love the way that he could finish games. But I tell you what, that saying, don't meet your heroes, does ring true. He's a bit of an odd cat, but uh, certainly uh, that was my era, and and, uh, he's an absolute legend of the game. Fair play, mate.
2: Fair play. And sorry about the name there. I've got BRY on my screen. I think I just made that up because I really wanted it to be true, but that's all good.
1: Are right, oh, you in B-R-Y. cricket mode
0: already, Spy?
1: That's it, mate. The spy's a bit of an odd cut as well, but we all like him, so that doesn't Please. matter too much about Bevo. Two lies and we're five minutes into the season. <laughs> <Carry on.
0: laughs>
1: and we're, uh, we're also going, Maxie, I'm going to get Maxi Brighton and Bryant, uh mixed up all season, so, mate, you're just going to have to live with that, unfortunately. He's been a big fan of mine in Supercoach circles over the years, not so much the last year or two, but he's got some explosive innings in him, Maxie. We'll get more to him later. Uh, for this week's podcast, we're going to touch on the Spies fixture planner for the season, look at the double game weeks the buyers just touch on that briefly, do some analysis on the Sixes, the Thunder, both of them squads, which look pretty settled in. Max is also going to do a bit of a roster al- analysis for us. We are early on in the preseason with about five weeks, I think, till the competition starts. Uh, so he'll let us know where we're at, what dominoes still need to fall at certain clubs, and have a brief chat there, look at a few pod and anti-pod plays at the end, uh, and then wrap it up there for week one. Guys, if you are new to the SC Playbook content, we'll be providing daily preseason articles, a weekly podcast, all through the, the Big Bash or cricket pre-season, should say, over the next month, uh, rolling into the actual Supercoach season, where we'll be punching out plenty. Um, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram if you're interested in following us there. Uh, we also have a subscription package for anyone who does enjoy the articles and the podcast. If you want more and want to support the site, you can get access to that for $20 for BBL content. Uh, or $40 for our full package, which covers NRL, BBL, and exciting news. We'll be expanding into AFL content next year. Uh, so looking into that, but we'll give you stacks and stacks to read and listen to. Gives you extra articles every single week, access to our subscriber special question and answer podcast, put me in the running for our major unlimited group prizes and plenty, plenty more. A uh, little bit of a self-wrap for, for the podcast and, sorry, the SC Play contributors, I should say, Following the NRL season, the, the top three ranked super coaches in NRL out of about 140,000 players last season, all subscribers to the site, uh, while our in-house league finished first out of 17,000 leagues. So hopefully we can emulate some sort of that uh, and help out going into the Big Bash season as well. The SPY is going to kick us off with a bit of a fixture planner. They're probably, uh, I suppose, the nufty cricket super coach players, Big Bash super <clears throat> coach players will know – what the fixtures look like already in terms of double game weeks, buys, and that sort of thing. Uh, but the spy's going to give us a brief rundown.
2: Oh, sorry, mate. I was just withdrawing all my winnings from my punting account. Here. here we go <laughs> um, fixture analysis, so it really is key. Um, the facts are if you've got a boat that's going to be playing twice in, in a certain round, then they're going to be twice as valuable as someone else. So you might have your superstars, like let's just name Glenn Maxwell who's super popular. If you've got your last roster spot open, and it's between Glenn Maxwell, for example, who plays one game, and someone like a Sean Abbott, for example, who plays twice. Maybe Abbott's not quite as good traditionally or typically, but he's not far off him. If he plays twice, it's a no-brainer to take the guy who does play twice. What you want to be wary of is you don't want to overload the double game week players because, say, for example, you pick seven guys from the Brisbane Heat who have a double in round one, you'll find they then have a bye shortly after. So you're not going to be able to get them all out of your side and then you're going to be left short. So it's a real balancing act. The first round sees the Sydney Sixers and the Brisbane Heat with the double. Uh, What I'm looking at, just as a bit of guidance, is probably four Sixers players and three players from the Brisbane Heat as a bit of a guide. So maybe seven in total. The reason I like doing that is because it allows you to get a smattering of superstars around those guys uh, and also prepare for the double game weeks coming up. So Sydney Sixers and Brisbane Heat to start. The Heat do have a buy in round two. And Adelaide Strikers have the, the double game. So it makes it really easy just to trade three Brisbane Heat players for three Adelaide Strikers. Easy done. Obviously, the closer we get to the season, you can have a look at the ins and outs of this. You might not re- remember everything that gets said, but you'll find the same thing in round three. The Adelaide Strikers then have a buy, and the Melbourne Stars yeah. have a double. So you can just go three for three again. You get three trades each round. Round four, same thing. It's actually reasonably simple this year. It's a bit less convoluted than previous seasons. You've got the Melbourne Stars who have the buy. Per Scorchers have the double. So each week what I'd be looking at doing, barring some disasters or injuries or whatever it may be, is simply trading the three players from your double game week who then have the buy for three players who then have the double game week. A little tip what I'm that I'm looking to do is with those sides that have the double game week coming up in rounds two, three, and four. So the strikers, the stars, and the Scorchers. Why not just put one one guy from each of those sides in? Because then, when you do get to the double game where you can add the three with your trades, and you basically have four from each side from the double game weeks. Not a bad thing, I think. There's different ways to skin a cat in that regard. I'm interested to get your boys' thoughts, and there's different ways to do it. But that's sort of what I'm looking at early on.
1: Yeah, no, just on that tactic, we're example, there playing the double in round two. Uh, he's an out-and-out gun who I can't not have in my side. Owning him in the past, sorry, not owning him in the past stages when you don't own him. It, it's just when everyone else has him, it's terrifying. And it just, don't put yourself through that misery. It might only fall before overs that he's bowling, but gee, they're a hard watch for non-owners. We'll talk about all these sort of tactics throughout the pre-season, how many double game week players to attack, um, you know, how many that have buyers coming up the following week. It's very hard to navigate, Um, even for the best of the best. I'm not saying that's us, but even past winners out there have said uh, Tomo Can how difficult it is to navigate the draw in Big Bash Supercoach. We'll simplify as much for you, can and talk tactics. But we've got all that to come in the preseason. Um, spy. anything more to add there? Yeah, just on that, obviously... If you're a bit like me, sometimes you listen to
2: some words and and it goes straight through and you're like, what did that like just say? I have written it down in my latest article, just a little reference table, which it's easy to jump on and use. So have a look at that if if you're someone who can't remember everything that gets said all the time. Maxie, anything to add there?
0: Two super quick call-outs, and I like to compare this even just with uh, NRL Supercoach. Firstly, max trading, absolutely not an issue in uh, BBL mm. Supercoach. You'll be given the, the uh, full allocation to make your three trades each week. And the other thing is that price rises will absolutely start from round one. So you don't get that two-week period where you can uh, have a look at people and their performance before their price moves. So getting in guys for that double is great, especially for round one, but buy beware, they're uh, really, expensive guy like Majibul Rahman, if he has two absolute shockers, he could be wiping off a considerable amount of value ahead of that round two where you'd want to be trading him out.
1: Mm, yeah, really good calls, mate. And we're, we're 11 minutes into the first podcast and just the crisp, well-spokenness of uh, of Maxi over there. He's really bringing some class to this podcast and I think we need it. So, uh <laughs> like what we're hearing there from Maxi. Boys, let's take a look at the Sydney Sixers. Uh, If you want to, I've already done an in-depth analysis of both the Sydney, a few of the clubs already, but the Sixers are are on site at the moment. I think the Strikers and the Thunder, so check that out if you'd like. Uh, But I want to get your thoughts, fellas, on basically the players you're looking to lock in, the players you're considering, uh, and maybe any guns that you'll be avoiding from those sides. The Sixers do have the opening round double, so... I mean, obviously, they're going to be hot property. They're a tough side to gauge because they're just stacked with Supercoach guns. But, of course, every player in that side uh, can't get a go there. Max, I'll start with you, mate, and I'll, I'll get your thoughts on the Sixers' lineup. Um, again, your predicted teams have spoken a little bit about what you think, how they look come round one. A bit of a controversial out that you had is Carlos Brathwaite in that side just because it is absolutely stacked in the 11. And the other one I wanted to get your thoughts on in particular was Tom Curran, absolute supercoach, superstar, and kicking superstar. Uh, Dan Christian was outstanding last season. Just possibly how they might step on each other's toes coming into the new season uh, from a supercoach perspective.
0: Yeah, thanks, Timmy. Um, it's incredible when you think about a team that's gone back-to-back, that they could get better this year, but it's exactly what you'd expect when you throw Tom Curran into that lineup from last year's final. Um, Looking at the stacked uh, team, they're just so settled and what I really like about them is that they're a team who know their roles. When they added Dan Christian, it was the first time in several years they had a genuine six bowler and while that really helped them on the field... What it did mean is that those roles for some of those bowlers like a Stephen O'Keefe or a second spinner who might come into the team like a Lloyd Pope or a Ben Menenti, they became a little bit uncertain because they weren't guaranteed those four overs and just those extra six balls to potentially jag that wicket. And that's where I don't see Carlos Brathwaite really taking a spot away from one of the Sixers bowlers at the moment. If you look at that bowling lineup, you're going to select Tom Curran, Sean Abbott, Ben Dorshus, Steve O'Keefe and one of either Jackson Bird, Ben Menenti or Lloyd Pope ahead of him every single day of the week. So for me, Brathwaite will probably not make that round one squad provided that all of the Sixers have their cattle on deck talk about a lot, Josh Philippi, the man who was one of the leading scorers last tournament and turned that into an Australian selection. He's just about one of the most consistent players in the competition. What I really like about it when he's playing at this level is he will take his time. Getting to that BBL um, strike rate bonus of making 20 runs is very difficult for these batters, particularly those guys who like to take high risks, but he gives himself time. He's 170K this year, so he's a little bit more expensive than he was this year, but he will absolutely be in my team to start round one and a very good shout to be a skipper as well. I think Karen will always get his four overs because he's got the versatility to bowl at any period during the game, particularly those death overs where you know that wickets um, are more likely to fall. Dan Christian, on the other hand, we might not see much of him bowling this summer just because he may not be needed Last year at the start of the season when uh, Dan Hughes was skipper, he was bowling a lot of the death. He was bowling a lot of the surge. and He was sort of picking up those cheap wickets when batters are trying to hit him out of the park. But – uh, when Moses returned and, and Sean Abbott returned, there was a few more players. He, he wasn't getting as many overs. When you throw both of them, they're, they're both guys who like like to bowl at the death and, unfortunately, they both can't have that role. So I think Christian will bowl a little bit less this year. And, and conversely, we've seen in the past Tom Curran, sometimes when he can have an off game with the ball, he can really save himself with some ridiculous batting performances and just bashing sixes and scoring half centuries. He's really been remarkable since he's joined the tournament. But at times when he's been doing that, he was actually batting at number six for the Sydney Sixers, but there's no way that you'll see him above Dan Christian this year. I don't think he bats above seven, and we know that when guys are listed in those positions, they're just typically not facing more than probably three to eight balls on average per match. So what I see is that Curran's price, his starting price, he's probably overrated to start with uh, at the moment and I would expect his value to come down. But is he a lock, a, basically a set and forget prediction for the year? He, he probably could be, um, but you might save 20 or 30 grand if you wait a week on him.
1: So trying to work out the uh, the double players, particularly at the sixes for round one, it's going to shake the early stages because there's players that can go massive and, as you said, there's some uncertainty around roles. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, Spy, what have you come up with at the Sixers, mate?
2: Yeah, it all revolves around what Maxie just said. It's all about the role for me, for the Sixers, who's going to bowl those overs, where are the boys going to bat. One of the things I love about the Sixers this year is they play the first game, so we can see exactly what their 11 is going to be in batting order uh, before that first ball's bowled, which means we need to make any changes we can. But it's for that reason I'm not keen on Dan Christian, Carlos Braithwaite, or even Moses Sonriks, because... No, it's not that I don't like him. They've got potential. I love Dan Christian as a player. I think he's just – he reminds me of, like, James Maloney. Wherever he goes, they just win and he does the job. But I just can't trust him to bowl those overs this year. How many balls does he get with the bat, given how well they're going? so
1: Yeah, okay. 184K as well. There's a bit of – with the uncertainty around it and how often he bowls, you've got to question that.
2: Yeah, if it was cheaper you'd throw him into that double. But, again, if he comes in and doesn't do much the first two games, doesn't get much of a chance, he'll lose bulk cash. I don't like it. The guys that I do like and in my initial squad, I've locked, squad, I've locked in four guys. Uh, the first one is Josh um, Maxi, Max, like you said before, that you've got a lot of faith in him just to start slow on um, not disagreeing with you, but I'm a little bit more scared that he might come out and either go 24 off six or play across the line early, get excited and get himself up. But he's a young dude and he, I agree, was a lot more mature last year. So Philip straight straight for me. Uh, James Vince was huge to end last tournament. I haven't checked the availability of the Poms just yet, but... Yeah, what did he have last year? He averaged 38 at a strike rate of 143. But what that doesn't tell you is he started the tournament quite slow. There was one decent score in there, I think. But the last two rounds, he averaged over 100 super coach points, I think, in big games. So if he can continue that momentum mm-hmm. in, he could be huge at that price.
1: Yeah, rounding out the season, with scores of 133 and 145. And I think because people are going to be pretty reluctant to load up on too many players from the one team, from the double... You know, potentially Vince flies under the radar. They're a little bit of an awkward price at 153k. So um, he could be a pod with massive upside to start those that first round in particular.
2: Yeah, so I'm pretty big on him early. Uh, Tommy Curran's been mentioned. I'm very big, especially in Supercoach, on points over price. I'm not going to be sitting there waiting him to, for, to hopefully drop 30k. I'll just punch him straight into my side and see what he can do for me in that double game week. And Shawnee Owen, if he's not off playing for Australia, Australia A, he will... Definitely be playing for me. It's one of my four sixes.
1: Yeah, only four games for Abbott last season. was average 54, which is very solid, don't get me wrong, but probably down what we've seen in past years. Like a couple of years ago, I think he averaged 69.7 two years back and 79.5 the year before that. So he's an absolute gun. Uh, and I think he's one now who probably is slightly underpriced going in and could be a bit yeah. of value there. So, again, I, I do see him being on Australia A duty, uh, so maybe he doesn't figure in the first couple of rounds, but – Later on, he's one of those guns that I'd nearly be happy to have in my team. Um, Maxie, let's shoot over to you, mate, to have a little look at roster analysis. Uh, And we won't be here all day, mate. We only need you to give us a bit of a briefing. But just for those who aren't around the rosters, and they are ever-changing, there's been a few big dominoes falling in the last week, I should say, with uh, Joey Clark to the Stars, massive for their top order, forward Ahmed to the Strikers. So a few big changes there. Nate, uh, how do you see
0: the squads at the moment? Yeah, thanks, Timmy. Um, it's been really interesting keeping tabs on all of the signings in the off season, and, and definitely there's patterns in how these clubs like to announce their players. So I might just rattle off each team and just a headline um, to keep an, an eye on. Um, firstly, the Adelaide Strikers. They've completed their 18 player squad, but they've only included two overseas internationals at the moment. So what that means is that big Phil Salt, the uh, opening batter who we saw, real hot and cold player. For the last two seasons over there, he won't be returning, and what that means is that we've got a new opportunity to get an opening pair at the Adelaide Strikers. So, whether that's um, Alex Carey returning to the top of the order, Matt Renshaw trying to redeem himself after a really subpar season, or Harry Nielsen, we don't know. But that's a really ex- it's a really exciting prospect to have a new opening position because we know how fruitful that is. Over to the Brisbane Heat, they've announced.
1: Actually, just just very quickly to interrupt you on the Strikers. Mm-hmm. I did their analysis this morning and really interesting on uh, having your predicted 11 and um, we've got obviously Carey there. Travi Head will obviously be in and around that Australian test duty. Um, So if even one or two of both of them can be on Aussie duty early in the season for their double in round two, you'd nearly be locking Harry Nielsen to a sort of opening or top three spot there, wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I I really like him. He's uh he's played a lot of. He's one of those guys because he's a wicketkeeper. He ends up in a lot of those Prime Minister Eleven teams because he he's not getting himself uh, a game in front of Alex Carey. A couple of seasons ago against Raleigh, he actually won Man of the Match opening the batting in, in one of those games. Um, he's he's a guy who's who's a good attacking batsman, and I think he's he's coming of age. And I'd think that he deserves first crack to to open the batting there. And if he does. He's, uh, he's my shout for um, definitely reserve a reserve wicketkeeper spot ahead of that double in uh, game two.
1: Happy days, mate. What else have you got for us?
0: Looking at the Brisbane Heat, they've completed all three of their international signings. They've got Majib, the spinner returning, and a couple of new English players in Ben Duckett and Tom Abel. Uh, Duckett and Abel, they're both good players. Abel's a middle-order batter. Ben Duckett will bat at the top. Um, They may miss the start of the season, however, as both Duckett and Abel have been included in that England Lions team. Um, But keep an eye out, the the Brisbane Heat, they've got a few roster spots left to go to local signings, so you expect some decent cheapies to come from them if you're looking for some bench players and potentially some um, VC loophole captain types. Over to the Hobart Hurricanes, one thing that has really benefited them will be Matthew Wade playing a full season down there in Hobart this year. And tell you what, you talk about uh, Sean Abbott before being a super coach Jet, Matt Wade is absolutely made of different stuff. Um, The prospect of him opening the batting with Darcy Short every game is absolutely frightening. And the type of pairing that you'll actually see teams change their bowling attack and potentially not play their left-arm orthodox spinners just because of how damaging they can be. Uh, they've got a, a young Englishman called Harry Brook who will join. Keep an eye out for Tim David. He was a bit of a revelation last year um, as a player who just seemed to keep hitting that 20 points, uh, super coach strike rate bonus period. He's since gone around the world and played in just about every T20 tournament, including the IPL and the Caribbean Premier League. Could be a real star and, and might see himself elevated in the batting order down there in Hobart as well, although he won't be cheap. The other player to keep out an eye over there is an off-season recruit from Perth, Joel Parris, left armour, swings the ball, straight sub for James Faulkner and could be a great cheapie this year.
1: Timmy David last year, holy dooly. It, talk about a revelation. just came from nowhere. They they stuck to his role. They didn't have a need to basically promote him up the order. It was come in sort of... You know, around six or even at times seven there for for the Hurricanes last year. Jeezy got out had them out of some trouble last year, so you'd love to see him get a bit of a promotion off the back of a lot of cricket in the past twelve months, which is a rare thing for a lot of them at the moment. So we'll wait and see.
0: Absolutely, and I think the guy who might be in a little bit of trouble there could be Peter Hanscom. Um, he was skippering the Hurricanes last year in the absence of Wade and took the gloves as well, but he um, he hasn't really had uh, a great impact in the shortest format of the game, and I think Tim David, if particularly if there's a good opening partnership, he's the top guy who could get an elevation above him in games. <sighs> Looking over at the Melbourne Renegades, they're a team we know what they're like. They've picked up a couple of spoons and they haven't been going that well. They've got a lot of young talent who will be better, um, but you really need to keep an eye on uh, their Twitter account to see what they're going to be doing with their three international signings, all yet to be announced, because that's going to greatly change the shape of their lineup. Um, the The name who will be in everyone's teams to start the season will be Aaron Finch, Aussie T20 skipper, who's just about bottom dollar, 62K after a shocking season last year um you'd be mad not to to try and back him in this year for at least a couple of big scores i mean you only have to look at Marnus labashane who's now worth 230 odd or 240k to see how much money you can make when you start at the uh 62k mark
2: yeah maxi i uh I bought in aaron finch last year about 160k so i've got many a scar <laughs> yeah. yeah, i'll probably have to have him nonetheless <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty rough spy, but I tell you what, you're, you're in very good company with uh, with that kind of move. I reckon. Keeping a look at the Melbourne Stars now, their team. There definitely has been some news this week, and the the big addition for them is Joe Clark, Knott's outlaw English uh, opening batter and wicketkeeper. Um, he's a very handy player who is most likely to be the new opening batter for the Melbourne Stars alongside Marcus Stoynis, which is which is really really exciting. Um, Apart from them, they've still got um, a really similar-looking squad to last year, um, which basically means that they've got a few superstars and then a few local players who are hopefully trying to make a name for themselves. A couple of other recruits, interesting, Joe Burns, who's come down from um, the Brisbane Heat, and Bo Webster, who's uh, crossed from the Melbourne Renegades, who's actually bowling a lot more this year and could be a bit of a watch if he's batting anywhere near that top four.
1: Yeah, nice, man. Absolutely stacked the stars. Every single year they are. When you throw in your Stoinesses, your your Maxis, your Adam Zampers, your Coulton Isles, uh, as we said, when it comes time for their double game week, might be round three off the top of my head. Uh, good luck fitting them all in, but plenty of potential and plenty of close watches there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They're, and I think the, the, the unusual thing for them this year is that the they do have an early double, which is quite unusual because they um, they usually have a lot of buyers to start with due to the MCG test. Um, but it basically means that to start your team, you've really got to make some big decisions on keeping Stoinis and Maxwell in your squad through rounds uh, one, two, and three ahead of their game. So, yeah.
2: Max, mate, do we know, do we know if Xavier Bartlett's going to get a crack for Brisbane this year? He bowled really well in limited overs last year and then they often subbed him off.
0: As yeah, he was. Family. I thought he was pretty unfairly treated because yeah. he was a pretty handy player at times. I'd expect him to be one of those final signings up in Brisbane Heat. Um, and if he is, he'll definitely be in my squad um, they uh, he was the victim of the um X Factor rule last yeah, year. Open the bowling with that one over, and then they brought in Big Mornay Morkel at the ten over mark to um to sub him out. Yeah. But um, as you said, I like a guy. He's tall. He's quick. He swings the ball up front, yeah. so he can usually potentially jag a couple of wickets in the power play, and he's at a really good price as well. Yep, yeah, like it. Looking ahead now to the Perth Scorchers, um, a team, again, just made up uh, really consistent last year's beaten finalists. They've only announced one international so far. Colin Munro will be returning. The big watch for them is Josh English, the wicketkeeper. So two seasons ago, he was opening the batting. Last year, those honours went to Liam Livingston and Jason Roy, the English batters, and he was batting down at number four. He's had in the, one of the uh, the best off-seasons of any player in Australia, so much so that he's actually been included in Australia's T20 squad uh, at the World Cup at the moment. They haven't announced uh, who's going to be opening the batting for the Scorchers and Livingston and Roy. Then they don't appear likely to be returning. So a huge watch on him because if he's opening the batting, he's another guy that you should really strongly consider having in your team to start the season.
1: Yeah, awesome, mate. So heaps to play out over the Scorchers as well.
0: Big time. Uh, the other big pickup for them as well, Peter Hatsuglou, uh, the big uh, big Peter, the cold hero from the Melbourne Renegades Whoa. last year. Getting to the Sydney Thunder now, the, what I like about them is that they had a lot of young players last year and they're just going to be one year better. Not a lot of uh, change to their team. Basically, the, the big one for them, um, the New Zealand quick, uh, Adam Milne, who was part of their team last year. Decent, albeit not hugely impactful. He's been replaced by uh, Mahmood, who's another English quick, good pace and should bolt death, which does mean usually uh, wickets. I think what's really exciting about them is that Callum Ferguson didn't have his contract renewed, and that means they need a new number three to bat in lime green over in Western Sydney, which could mean Ollie Davies, you, uh, the young you you who, who who caught a, a lot of attention last uh-huh. year. If he gets his nod there, that's another guy that you really need to consider at a great price fitting in your team to start the season.
2: Mate, I can tell you for a fact that Oli Davies and Aaron Finch intertwine beautifully for that loophole the first three weeks at a minimum. So you can sit one of them on your bench. If he goes off, you then bring a non-player in for Finch, for example, and take Oli Davies' score or vice versa. If they don't go well, then you play the other guys so You get a double crack at them, which is awesome. Yeah,
1: a risk-free crack at it, which we'll uh, we'll get to later on in the preseason. Uh, how? Who else we got to cover there, mate?
0: Just the Sydney Sixers who we've spoken about, um, when you think about them, it's just stability. The only player who they didn't have last year who will be available will be Tom Curran. So you talk about a good side getting better, it's scary to think that they genuine uh, chances for a three-peat. Um, and we know about him, Coach Gunn, slightly different role, just batting no higher than seven, um, but a man who will be in a lot of teams to start this year, particularly with that double.
1: If you do like a punt, head over to topsport.com.au, home of the best same-game multi in the business where the odds actually add up. Well, I put basically all my same-game multi bets on through Topsport because <clears throat> the odds are ridiculous and that and far better than other ones I've tried out in the past. Uh, we will be pre- previewing their markets throughout the Big Bash season, so check that out. We Bit of a self wrap, but we finished with 108% return on investment throughout the NRL season. So if you followed us from round one of the league NRL season – would have doubled your money and then some. Uh, if you ke- are keen to check out Top Sport, use the code SC Playbook and of course 18 plus gamble responsibly as always. Fellas, let's move on to the second of our team analysis for the podcast. Uh, it is the other Sydney side in the Sydney Thunder. They've kept the brunt of their squad for the upcoming season from last season, so cohesion shouldn't be an issue in their side. Some decent results over the years, but largely probably overwhelming, you might say. Uh, a couple of big-name stars in their side, particularly in Supercoach circles in the likes of Alex Hales and Daniel Sands. Uh, plenty of interest. No buys this season, so you don't have to worry about that if you are interested in their players, and they have do have the double late on in the season. Spy Mate, uh, over at the Thunder, who piques your interest?
2: Yeah, first thing to note about the Thunder is uh, I don't know if they actually have a double game week the whole tournament, but what that does mean is they don't have a buyer. So you can lock a guy in and just keep him, uh, but it makes it interesting for me the way the double game weeks actually work. I'm not sure I'm keen to have too many of them early. Uh, they might have a double game week in like round 10 or something, so you can get yeah. on a few later, but I actually like some of their guys. Um so, the first one we've meant, mentioned Ollie Davies. If he's batting at three, then he'll definitely be my side just on a bench, uh, taking that loophole when I can. Uh, he's just so exciting. He'd come out and speak about blokes who can be 24 off six balls, he's the one that could be doing that. It'll be interesting to see how he plays this year. The guys I like there's obviously Daniel Sams. He's a genuine gun. He's been one of my favourite big big-batch cricketers for a while now. His left arm bowling is fantastic at the top of the order and at the death. His batting went to another level last year. Uh, I'd ask you, Max, mate, any idea of where you think he might bat this year?
0: Yeah, it's a very good shout. And I think that um, one of the things which really worked in his favour is the, is the surge. Having a guy with his power um, who can come in anywhere in those last five overs and you just call the field up is, is just scary to, to think um, – that you just give a player with that much strength just an added advantage. So um, you'd expect him to just float anywhere in that order um, as high as five and just realistically him the, the, the and Cutting in that surge were a- amazing last year and, and um, if he does get the chance to bat during that period, you know, watch out, bowlers.
1: I'm glad you mentioned Cutting there, Maxie, because to have for the surge the options of Daniel Sams uh, and Ben Cutting is just freaking ridiculous. Strike rate of one hundred and eighty-eight point six seven last year yeah. uh, was Daniel Sam. So and cutting, we know he's one of the biggest hitters in world cricket. So um, serious options, spy mate. What else there? Yeah, um, and on Daniel Sam at the
2: moment, I don't have him in my side, but he's the kind of bloke you could stick in and just keep him for the whole time. It's, it's
1: hard work, team. isn't it? I had him in my initial team. I <coughs> I'll likely start the season with him, but when you talk about, I mean, you want to lock in your guns regardless of having the double or not, but. When you're trying to fit in you know guys like um, Tommy Curran, Sean Abbott for round one doubles, uh, Rashid Khan, then you throw in Darcy Short, um, Travis Heads. There are so, so many good Supercoach players. So it does make it hard to justify getting – I mean, you can't get all of the guns. We've got a salary cap for a reason, uh, and it's what makes Supercoach great. So, Spire, sorry to cut you off. No, mate. you're all right.
2: Sam's for round one or not? Uh, Not for me at the moment, but if you want to have him, there's no dramas there. It comes back to that last roster position. I'd rather have someone like Majib from the Heat. If he's playing and he's playing a double at the same price, then you take the bike playing a double, surely. Mm. But you'd love to get Sam's if you can, but as you said, you can't have them all. Uh, The other bike I love, uh, Alex Hales. I got on him last year. He actually turned around a horror few weeks for me (laughs) with some good scores, which was nice. Uh, I think he's a serious, serious batsman. I won't start with him, but I sort of hope he starts to find his form at the back half of the tournament, maybe after a bit of a price drop, and I'll jump on at the first sign of that. Um, But he's just explosive. That strike rate bonus you get often. He also has the ability to go really large with the bat in terms of big scores, not just your 30 or 15 or whatever it may be. He's got 80s, 90s plus in him. So I love Alex Hales, but won't be starting with him for that same reason. And the other one I like, Tanvir Sanger. He was in my side last year as well, and they kept pulling him after two overs. When I say they kept pulling him, it wasn't every game, but he didn't always get his four. I think he might have only been nineteen years old, but his talent is through the roof. If he's bowling four overs consistently at that price, I think he's an absolute pod city. So we'll have a look at him and see if I can fit him in at all. Mm,
1: for sure, twenty-one wickets in fifteen games there for England. As you said, he didn't always bowl his four overs. So um, with another year of experience under his belt, I'm I'm with you, Spy. I, very raw um very prompting up and coming spinner there so one to eye off maxi what have you got for us at the thunder mate
0: yeah really not much else to add apart from what spy has said i think um, i also got on hails at the right time last year in in his first two seasons of, of bbl he started slow but when he's gone um big he's gone on runs where he's put it together consistently for a few games in a row and He's one of those guys that when your gut says to get him in, um, you just have to back your gut and then just hopefully watch the um, the points roll in off the back of it. I think that that Sam's question about getting him in um, or not is is one that's going to keep me awake um, probably for the next 35 days until the tournament starts, to be honest. Um, but I'm also with you on Tanvir saying if he's any better than he was last year, then... He's he's almost a set and forget guy that you can just keep and um, just consistently pick up those you know forty plus points uh, each round from from the wickets that he's going to collect.
1: Yeah, mate, Maxie. Just two more. <laughs> I'll get your quick thoughts on in this side. That a short peak a little bit of interest. Uh, they'll certainly be in pod category. But there's Uzi Kawaja who we we ask questions about at the start of every season. A quite few big bash seasons by by his account uh, and his history. Um, but we know what he's done in the past, very cheap at 93000 possibly a little bit hard to have uh, without the early double, but also a little bit of a pod. And just the other one there was Sam Billings, who we've got to come in at number four for the Thunder. It looks as though he should be available for the brunt of the tournament, um, who is pretty explosive. But yeah, what are your thoughts on them too?
0: Yeah, Kawaja. Well, everyone will remember that season BBL5 where he lifted the Thunder all the way to the title. Um, I think when you're looking at BBL let's say uh, apart from just a player and his name, you just got to look at his role and it doesn't really get any better than a guy who will open the batting with his experience. So he ticks so many boxes there, but I think last year his consistency just just really let down a lot of super coaches and I think for that reason there are there are better options out there, particularly when you consider Finch um, another guy who will open the batting um, 30K cheaper and also doesn't have a double for a long time. So if I'm going to take the punt, I'm probably going to take it on um, on Aaron. Um, Billings, great player. Love him. Picks up those catches as well with the gloves for, for a bit of extra bonus points. Um, I, again, I don't know if he's a guy who's terribly consistent. Um, he does have a match winning innings in him. Uh, but anyone, if he's if he's batting in that four position, that also just does make me a little bit more hesitant. I typically just like to go top three and then very rarely stray from that. Uh, so they won't quite be in my squad, but look, they're definitely guys worth considering and you could uh, pay dividends if you take the risk.
1: Yeah, for sure, mate. Billings, uh, as it attracts a little bit of interest, but probably more one for the double game week. He's in and around the English squad for the T20 World Cup. Uh, had a 27-not-out against New Zealand in a warm-up match there. Prior to that, all his form sort of in the Vitality Blast in the 100 competition over in England. Um, couldn't really scratch a run aside from one sort of half-century there. Um, probably want to see a little bit more form and a little bit more match time coming in. Uh, but, yeah, that's my thoughts, uh, billings Maxi.
0: Just one last shout from the Sydney Thunder, um, a guy who's come in with with quite a big price tag after a handful of games last year is Brendan Doggett. Um, he will likely bowl death for Thunder, and uh, the experienced BBL supercoaches know that if you're bowling at the death, then you're a very good chance of picking up a few cheap wickets. Um, does struggle again for consistency and can be a little bit wayward, but he's Playing that role right now for South Australia domestically, and we'll do the same for the Sydney Thunder. Um, so, for a big price, a guy that will be a huge pod, you could take a risk on him.
1: Yeah. Uh, Average 62.5 last season, has uh, so super pod written all over him. And the other way you touched on was Mahmood, who we expect to, I think, be on England lines duty to start the tournament. But uh, so you won't be starting the year with him, provided he is out of action there, possibly in and around the England squad, but should play the, the most majority of games. Uh, but just one to keep an eye out for at 125000 as we build into the tournament and get a bit more of a look at him. Fellas, time to drop our pods and anti-pod plays for the week. Uh, so for anyone new to sort of Supercoach circles, rookies of the game, a pod is a term we're going to be using very, very frequently. Uh, basically stands for a point of difference player, so someone at low ownership that can give you a bit of a jump on your opposition in Supercoach. Uh, an anti-pod play is slightly more confusing, but basically it's just – um, again, it's going against the herd. So instead of going for, uh, it'll refer to say there's a highly owned player such as Glenn Maxwell or a, a Tom Curran who might be like 80% ownership for a week. You might think, you know what, I think they can go low, so I'll go against the crowd uh, and keep them out of my team. So that's the antipod play. Uh, any questions on that? Hopefully pretty self-explanatory, but just hit us up on our socials. Um, I'll start with you, Spy. What have you come up with?
2: First one for me is Maxie's already touched on. It's Maddie Wade. Matty Wade in the BBL is an absolute weapon, and he's really cheap. So last year, he only had three innings, as I think, last year due to, due to Australian duties, but he still averaged a decent hit at a very fast strike rate. But um, Sorry, I have just got confused. But the year before, he averaged 50 at 170 strike rate, which is unbelievable. And the year before that, he averaged 42 at about 150 strike rate as well. So Maddie Wade, he passes the eye test as well. Anyone who's watched him in the BBL up top for the Hobart Hurricanes, there, he's a gun. I think he's got one hundred and twenty-five thousand. So I'm huge on Maddie Wade. I'll probably start with him. I've mentioned James Vince before, so I won't go that again. But Antipod's interesting. This isn't necessarily people I don't like, but it's just again, how do you fit everyone in? I'm considering not starting with Rashid Khan, but bring him in for round two just due to salary cap more than anything. It allows me to get an extra six as part that I want, but I'll see if I can make room Mm. for him. Otherwise, it'll just be that one round without him. It'll be a nervous watch. The other ones, at the moment, I don't have Glennie Maxwell. Um, I'll be doing everything I can to get him in, but, again, he's kind of everyone, so we'll see how that pans out. But at the moment, they're both on my side.
0: So for my pod play, uh, I'm going to go for a guy who's got the first round double, and I've gone Dan Hughes. Uh, now if everything goes to plan he'll be batting in that top three for the Sydney Sixers to start the season um, because Moses Enriquez might be in that Australia A squad he's only 78k and even though he's a batter and he doesn't bowl, two bites of the cherry to start the season, he usually starts pretty well Um, I'm going to take a punt on him um, and i do that knowing full well how much he burnt me last year Uh, and my anti-pod play, I'll be leaving out Tom Curran to Start. So, as yeah. I said, I do think he's a little bit overpriced. I also think that he is going to be heavily owned. Um, so, I'm just going to go a different route at the moment with my sixes bowlers and go Ben Dorsius um, and probably going to spend my money on uh, Majib for round one.
1: Yeah, love it, mate. A uh, couple of very quick ones from me. My pod is Adam Zampa, who I just love as a super coach player and a cricketer in general. We've seen what he's done of, of late. He's just an absolute star. Average 54 points per game last season with two tons to his name. 64 points per game the year prior with four tons to his name. He's going to be a really tough one to squeeze in there. The stars don't have the double to around three, so... I mean, throwing him in at his price will be at the expense of another gun, potentially a double game week gun. So uh, I'm certainly not locking him in at this stage, but I'd love to have Zamps in my side because he's an absolute weapon. Uh, and when he's on, he's absolutely on. They cannot pick the bloke, cannot pick his wrong. And as far as an antipod play, I'm just going to, to monitor. We've mentioned a few times already on the podcast the amount of just out-and-out out guns in Supercodes this season. You know, you've know you got your Darcy Shorts, your Daniel Sams, your Stoinis, your Maxis, all these sort of blokes. So um, maybe just looking uh, against one of these very heavily owned guys. And if you can get, say, like a Darcy Short at 15 20% ownership for the early rounds, I suppose it's a pod play more than anything, but um, or a Daniel Sams, with their massive upside, it could be a huge play early on in the season. So I'll be eyeing off that. That is a wrap for the first SC Playbook podcast of the Big Bash preseason. Hopefully we've been able to help you out. Uh, After a little bit of a spell following the NRL season, we're so stoked to be back into it all. Uh, Guys and girls, jump into our forum on site. I think it's called the Trade Center now. We've had a bit of a rejig of name. I'm sure that'll fire things up. Uh, it's a great spot for us to sit there and chat, Super Coach. Talk about your teams, any queries you have, uh, rather than have questions floating over social media in stories, you know, sent in for the podcast, whatever. We love them all, uh, but it's just one concise place that we can put together. All the contributors can jump in and help you out with your teams. So jump onto the site, jump into the the trade center, and we'll, we'll have a chat about your teams there. Um, as for following podcast from next week, we'll start firing in a few viewer questions as well, or listener questions, should I say? Uh, so get them ready, and we'll answer them on following podcast. Uh, Spite, first uh, first podcast back for the season. You've been big again.
2: Fellas, yeah, good to blow out some rust. Um, just a quick update on the punt. I just had a live bet on my top sport account, and Jade Quantico at seven
1: to one in the last at Flemington. Oh, so stick that one up, your brother. Oh, I got cheers, boys. Quantico got me out of jail two weeks ago, and he's just Thanks for the tip, mate. Anyway, not to worry, Sledge. Maxi, huge debut, mate. Thanks for jumping on.
0: Absolute pleasure, boys. Always happy to talk cricket, and I look forward to doing it all summer long with you both.
2: Great stuff, Maxi. Then really good, mate. <laughs> Sweet. Cheers, guys. Thanks for tuning in.